I want to talk to you from my heart a little bit, and I do have notes, and, uh, and I am prepared. And if I fall asleep up here, just blame it on narcolepsy. But several years ago, Kim and I were just going to have lunch with Jerry and Jamie Panetta, and they were talking about going to La Paz and taking toys for an orphanage. And the Holy Spirit hit me right there at the table, and I said some crazy things that were prophetic. And I said, La Paz does not need toys. La Paz needs a local church. How about the guy that's, he's the, man, he's, he's the gift to all women. You're going to get married? No, I'm just, just, I'm a gift to all women. The best way to be a gift to all women is marry one, love her with all your heart, demonstrate what being a good husband is, raise a great family, but if you're married to everyone, you're married to no one. Well, I just love the city of Medford. Well, what, what are you fixing to do to really make this a great city? Well, you know, every once in a while I go on a paper drive to gather up newspaper and then donate it for cancer research. How many of you know that's probably not a bad thing to do? But trust me, it's like sending toys to orphans. It's one thing to do some, some things and kind of slap at little answers Instead of being a part of something that absolutely God says, this can change whole nations, this can change whole families. God's church, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. I will not build my organization, but I'll build my church. Because see, when we gather together as a people of God, something very uh, therapeutical happens. Because we come in in various shapes of brokenness. We weren't stars on the rise when God called us. We were flakes on the fritz. Man, I'm like a spiritual ambulance chaser. When I know that you've got trouble in your life, dude, I'm going to be your best friend. Because that's when you're going to be most open to say, I really need something. God, I'm alone. I'm all alone. Nothing like the local church to say you're not alone. In fact, the city of Houston and all over the news, do you know they're thanking two, two nonprofit organizations, American Red Cross and Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham. Nothing like the churches opening the doors and saying, hey, y'all, we'll gather up some sleeping bags and we'll feed you. What's it going to cost? Everything I had is under, underwater. Hey, Jesus paid for all this. And I remember that day when we were talking to Jerry and Jamie and their eyes lit up because they were thinking about getting a truck, borrowing a pickup to go take toys. And we said, why don't you be the toy? Why don't you go down there and love people, and leave something that can go on and on and on after you're gone. It was amazing just being with the people, rich people, 
that were drawn to Baja for pleasure and they found out that left them with sand in their mouth, touched by God, born again, front row, serving coffee, Bernie Crane. Bernie was born with a golden spoon in his mouth from up in Alberta and he had all kinds of uh, stereo shops. He bought casinos and things, or not casinos, but nightclubs in Reno. And Bernie and his wife moved to La Paz to just live the high life as an unbeliever. But there's something about when you have a stroke and all of a sudden your money-making machines shut down and along comes a guy who said, I'm going to do more than just bring toys. I'm going to bring my wife and I. Don't know how we're going to do it. But we're going to build the church of Jesus. And Bernie, this this man of, of great wealth, his wealth's tied up right now, and he's being healed physically of the, of, of the uh, stroke, but he's there hugging little Mexican kids, hand them cookies, comes in early to make coffee, because see, there's something about us when we together say, hey, we're stronger together than we are alone. I love the city of Medford. Kim and I both. We felt the greatest gift we could give was not to make a lot of money in Portland and occasionally come through and maybe give gifts to poor people in Medford. We felt that the best thing we could do is come and lay down our life, mending people together. I remember one guy was telling me, First name, Eddie. He said, Pastor Steve, I won't be showing up much at church. I said, why is that? He said, because I, uh, AA is my, my church. I said, AA is, is, is a good program. But I asked him, I said, Eddie, how many people have ever been avoided drinking because of AA? None that I'm aware of. It's for after you're an alcoholic. I said, this is why the local church is better one, we can get people set free after they are an, an alcoholic, but by the training in the house of the Lord, we can prevent it. Yeah. Now that should have convinced him, right? And it didn't. That doesn't mean that occasionally I don't convince people, but in this case, I didn't. About four or five months ago, Eddie's son came here. Having received the effect of the storm that hits you when you don't, you don't gather yourself in God's house. Young man going through a divorce, trying to raise a baby. You know what? Come early, come late. Dad's got a big table. Grab your chair, get your utensils, let's eat. How many of you know, we don't have time to throw stones at each other. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. We all do dumb stuff. How many of you know, we're planning on stuff this next year. Just make new dumb mistakes, not the same old ones. <laughs> right? How do we love and bless our city? How do we make an impact in, our, in the community around us? It, it can begin right here. It begins within the four walls of a church. If we determine that it's, this isn't kind of like slip in, get your God vitamin, get out before it affects you too bad. 
you got to let it get in your heart. you got to let the music move you. you gotta, you got to let what God's doing, and you hear through the preaching and the testimonies and the song, go ahead, get addicted to this. This is the one that will keep paying you and not debiting your account. Eat dope, it'll debit you. Invest in lust, it'll take from you. Get all caught up on the mammon train trying to make money and care only for yourself. It'll, it'll steal your lunch. That you can give your heart to Jesus and His purpose to build the church and it will keep paying you. It will pay you. It will pay your children. It'll pay your babies. It'll pay your grandchildren. It's a gift that keeps on giving. And it can start, right, as we begin to catch the dream of what God's doing in the earth. A healthy, thriving church will result in reaching those around us. The early church showed us the example that a healthy church will lead to a healthy reaching of the lost. Let's look at some scripture really quickly. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. I cut my teeth on this in Bible college. This is some of Dick Iverson's favorite scriptures. And he preached them much, and he will be with us on the Sunday or the Saturday night of our uh, presbytery, which will be around uh, August or uh, September 23rd, I think. And he's going to be preaching. He'll probably, especially if I ask him to, he'll probably preach on this. Acts 2:42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Didn't say they devoted themselves to YouTube sermons. Did you know that apostles' teaching or doctrine is different than just standard doctrine? It's kind of like the difference between a little kid, he's five, six, seven, eight years old, and he's getting all kinds of advice from the neighborhood versus one that's being trained by dad. Well, son, this is what a schmelzer looks like. This is how we walk. This is how we respect women. This is how we lay our life down. You get married, you're going to defend your wife. Well, Dad, I'm nine. I know, we're getting started early. (laughs) That's a daddy's teaching as compared to random. America's the land of random information that's not been synthesized with wisdom into a cohesive plan that we can live our lives by. God's house is a place where Let me tell you something. We've got apostolic lineage that just freaks you out. I'm just glad to be the smallest guy in this huge family. I'd rather be the smallest minnow in the right pond than be the big toad blocking the biggest well. Come on now. Let's have a little church this morning. I'm glad that some of the apostles and leaders and prophets, they've spoken into my life. I was sent under assignment. We're here because God said separate Steve and Kim. God said separate Jerry and Jamie. God is saying separate Aaron and Danny. It's cool to be a part of apostolic relationship and apostolic doctrine. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. It says, and to fellowship. They loved each other and they loved God. I missed you when I, when I was gone, and I was so bitter. <laughs> Natalie and Aaron cannot preach here anymore. <laughs> Shh. 
Don't you understand the chief purpose of anyone in an organization is to make the leader look good? Aaron's looking at me, he said, I did, I made Jesus look good. Okay, let's move on. That was so good, I love I loved watching that, but I missed you guys. And down there, you know what? We're trying to preach our best, you know what they're telling us? We miss Jerry and Jamie. The only one missing me is the guy at the front of the resort that I kept tipping. He's missing me. I got home and my dog looked at me like, yeah, what are you bringing? Cacahuates picante, here you go, have some hot peanuts. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to sharing uh, in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It's really amazing the power of us not trying to get uber spiritual. Don't fake spirituality. Just, just know God. Like, if I came in and go, you know, I know Kim. We've been married for 36 years, and believe you me, I know Kim. People are going, that guy's a dork. <laughs> How about something like, you know, my baby likes flowers, and I'm going to go buy Trader Joe's because you can get cheap flowers there, and you can satisfy a woman who likes things that will die to be given to her. <laughs> because I know Kim, I'm just going to go to the answer. And you go, okay. How many of you know that sometimes you get into religious gatherings and people are so trying to wow you of how deep they are? Do we have to be deep? How about if we just start shallow and work up? Is it okay to say, man, I'm just learning to hear the voice of God, and, 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 and I'm just growing with, the, with, with, the, with the other people at the church. We love each other. We're, we're trying to do things like enjoy food carts and bring people into God. And, and, and when we gather together, transformational things happen. Every time we're together in a big group, the words work into people's minds. Every time we're in a small group, that's where the kabam really happens. It's when you get vulnerable. Yeah, I, I'm not going to let no woman, you know, boss me around. And then uh, seven other guys leap on that dude. You're, re you're retarded, man. You're really crazy. The best two words that you can say to your wife is, yes, dear. Happy wife, happy life. That doesn't sound spiritual to me. Let, trust me. There's nothing that feels more unspiritual than going through a divorce. That really feels unspiritual. And together, when we help each other to not be uber spiritual looking, just know God. Actually read his Bible. Actually pray. Actually get along. Really hold each other in high esteem and honor each other greater than yourself. 
So let's look at the, the, the things that the Bible says here that they are personally devoted to, which means they were per persevering devotedly to the Word. Not just the Word, but the Word as instructed by the apostles. They were um, devoted to fellowship, to grow in their relationship. They were community doing life together. That's why I believe in the local church as opposed to just big gatherings where we get a group of people from all over the city that are all Christians. Now watch this. I've got great relationships with all the guys that I know in this city, and I speak, speak well of the ones I don't know. Okay? I still don't think that our best manifestation of God is just gathering in a big arena and having arena Christianity for, let's say, two or three days. The best thing that I know is if I can help every other pastor to feed his flock and to, and to meet the, the needs of his people in small groups and large groups together, that if there's fellowship at the fellowship, huh? How many of you know a lot of us back in the 80s named our church the fellowships? Applegate Christian Fellowship, Joy Christian Fellowship, Rinky Dink and Tavi Tavi Christian Fellowship. It was, that was the popular name. In the 60s, it was Temple. You know, and all the Assemblies of God named their church Temple, Bethel Temple, you know, Erasmus Temple, <laughs> Roscoe Temple, you know. And, and, and so what happened is fellowship means koinonia. It means communion. It means intimate relationship, tenderness. They were devoted to this level of tenderness. Are you scared of people? Well, I, I don't want to get close to anybody because they could gossip. Can I tell you something about my life? Whether I know people that love me talk about me and people that hate me talk about me. I assume, I assume that no one has anything in life to do but to think of me all day long, which helps my megalomania. So I just live the way I should. Didn't have to worry about what people are saying. The people that hate me will lie about me. The people that hate you are already lying. You're getting more... My precious. <laughs> Don't become Schmeagle. Don't hide away or Gollum. The people that hate you, they're glad to talk against you. They're already doing it. Just come out in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me. Ha <laughs> ha, I love you guys. I learned this from Johnny. I'm not going to lose the gold of relationship over the hurt that I felt in the past when people betrayed me. Let me quote me. <laughs> I'm not going to bypass the gold of relationship based on the pain of those who've hurt me. I think I'm better looking because I've got a few scars. I think I'm more compassionate in, in counsel because I've been vulnerable. Pastor Bob knows this too. Sometimes you're so vulnerable and man, you get betrayed. He and I, we laugh about it. We go, it's all in the Bible. I want the Bible to happen. Well, Jesus was betrayed, not that part. 
There's nothing as beautiful as someone that you can see just gets slammed. And they walk out and they go, I love you. And they can be just as fresh every day. My time is up. Hopefully I won't die up here with a heart attack. Whoa, he was right, man. (laughs) Vacation, a hurricane, and he went out like Elijah in a storm. Oh, boy. They were given to the word, to fellowship, to sharing of meals, and to prayer. There's something about the power of of a meal. Do you know what I found? (laughs) Sometimes in the past, I would take, then, well, one of my friends is worth 17 million. He flies into town, and I say, hey, can I buy you lunch? His eyes light up like they always did when I knew him before and he was poor. I'm not going, hey, why don't you fly me to Trader Vic's in Portland and buy me like $150 or Ruth Chris. I've never been to Ruth Chris. I will never go unless it's on your nickel. <laughs> but I find that wealthy people are still, there's something about when you say, can I buy you some rice? Can I buy you some tacos? Can I buy you a steak? That was the key in the, in the early church. They were meeting people in the neighborhood and come on over. We got some guys and we're, 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 we're worshiping the Savior. Well, I don't know anything about your Savior. I know, but you know this one and that one. And they're, are they nice? Yeah, they're nice. Well, we're just going to eat together. They would come together and they would eat. They would have preaching. They didn't have fancy buildings, but there's something when we eat together, which is that joy why we're all fat. Face your future, young men. This is it. (laughs) Finally, to prayer. Prayer is bringing people into a a face-to-face with God. I I honestly want every one of you to have a powerful prayer life. Well, what if we hear God so strongly and, 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 and we don't even need you anymore? Then I've done my job. My job is to help connect people with God. How, by you getting close to the Father, will it ever hurt me? How, if, if, if all of us get closer to God, how can we hurt each other by that? No, it's when we don't. So ask yourself, if these four areas, the Word, am I kind of a random, I'm my own like apostle, prophet, pastor, I just I get random teachings and then what I feel good about is what God is saying? Or have I really gotten myself under apostolic doctrine where people around me are helping me? We're on a course of study and we're on a course of progress. Sounds so threatening as Americans to hear that. I, 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 having lived my life this far, I, I wouldn't want to go back and, and undo it. If I could flash back to 19... When I walked on Gleason Street, if I could know what I know now, there's only one thing I'd ask. God, let me live it again and pay more attention to Kevin Connor, to Bill Scheidler, to Dick Iverson. I'd spend more time with Maury Iverson because I was scared of him. He was a businessman, he was wealthy, and I was a poor kid. But one thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't have gone more random 
and more Rambo and more Lone Ranger. Because let me tell you, that, that lifestyle sucks and it leads to abandonment and broken hearts. How many of you look at your marriage and you go, I am so glad I got married. In this life, I have comfort by being married to that girl or this guy. Stand up. Time's up. This week, we're going to be handing out flyers. Joy is changing so rapidly. For those of you who change is difficult for, I want to let you know it is for me. Is anybody listening to me right now? Change is hard for me. Then why is there so much change going on? Because I, as a leader, understand this. You are good when you understand your limitations and you bring in a team that can see around corners that you can't see around. We are opening up our heart to our community like we've never opened it up in the past. I'm not ashamed of leadership that we've had in the past. I look at the families, I go, man, the fruit's good. But when I think of my, my greatest joy it would be to see that our neighborhood people could come in here brokenhearted and get connected with God, begin to see the miracle transformation that happened to you. So we're gearing ourselves as servants. We're putting the towel of service. Do you want to just bag up the goodness that God's given you? Man, I'm sure glad I, he saved me. Sucks to be lost. Yeah, but what about the person that prayed for you? that cared for you, that when you were starting to walk with God, loved on you. Like that song I sang, my love for you is higher than the strongest bird can fly. My love for you is longer than the longest river can flow. My love for you, I want you to know. And that's the heart of the Father for the people that are like us, or at least like we were. Well, they're so dumb. They're, they're lost and they're blind in the world. That's why the Bible said they're blind. Do you know why they're blind? Because they act blind, because they can't see. Like you and I, when we were stupid and doing the worldly thing. Until someone came by and the gospel set us free. Hanging, handing out flyers next weekend is an opportunity we have. You don't have to preach. We're not making you go in the middle of a march <laughs> and pick a fight. You're just putting a thing that says, hey, we care. We're going to have some events. Somebody that's so lost and so blind, they may have no inclination for God, but they think, that's kind of cool. They got a jump house for my kids. Someone begins to talk to mom or dad. They realize, man, church people aren't all like the Quaker Oats guy. They're pretty cool. People come to Jesus. Jesus told us, he said, go into the highways and byways. Compel them. Because my house is going to be filled. As Isaiah 56 says, my house will be a house of prayer for the outcast, those that feel abandoned. God's put a new spirit and joy. Heart of compassion for those that are rejected. 
separated and hopeless in this life. Oh, by the way, I'm planning on being there, handing out the door hangers. Is it your call? No, I'm not even relating to the call. It's different. It's my opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity. Real briefly, every week we make an opportunity for people to come to God. It's so easy to come to God because he, he did all the heavy lifting for us. He saw us in our sins. He sent the Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived the perfect life. Jesus shed his blood that we might be saved. And what the Bible tells us is we're to put our faith in him. That whoever would call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And whoever would call on the name of the Lord will not be ashamed. I found out when I called on the Lord, he took away the shame of my behavior, my past. The Lord's not wanting to shame us. He's wanting to take away the shame. He's wanting to remove la vergüenza y la culpa. I spoke on that in La Paz. He wants to take away the shame and the guilt. It comes when we just say, Lord, I can't defend what I've done, but I need you. I want in. If you're here today and you say, man, I've done some bogus things, but I just want to join God. I just want to <laughs> let him know I'm sorry. Because, see, you can't take away one sin, but the Lord can forgive every sin. I'd like everyone that came here looking for God, walk on down here. We want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. We want to pray with you. If you're here and you have not received Jesus, come on down right now. Grab your neighbor and ask them, if you received Jesus, and if they haven't, make them come down. No, just invite them. Come on, this could be your day. It's a great day to be born again. September 3rd, 2017. It's a great day. So all of you born again people, would you wave your hand? Yeah. Now for you born again people, we're going to pray and let you go. Do you understand that being a part of a local church, you're changing the world? My world was changed because a church on the corner of 78th and Gleason had a Bible college and they, they taught young rogues from Rogue Valley. Apostolic brethren loved me. I found that this local church had a vision to train people in the ministry, had a love. We've been in relationship for over 40 years now. What would happen if everybody went just independent? How many of you know we, we should not go independent? We should stay together. Let's put our hands up. Let's commit to that, could we? Would you pray with me? Dear Father, your ways are amazing. Your ways work. I pray, oh God, that you would set my heart to love this city by being a part of your church. Meeting with people, not only in the big meeting, but wherever I can. Small groups, personal times, loving on people, caring on people, not worrying if they're saved or not, letting the love of God shine through my life. Change my heart, God. Change my mind, oh God. Make me new on the inside.
Give me fresh vision. Just as you're visiting this whole house. <laughs> oh God, you're doing something big among us. And yet it'll seem small, but the ripples are huge. We will love others. We will serve others while loving you and serving you in your church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.